everybody. Dave and Jeff, it is May 26, 2021. Uh, thank you to everybody who reached out about the Ernie Martinez show. I thought that was really fun. No, it was. It was a great time. It was great having Ernie in here. It was uh, great to go down memory lane, I thought. And uh, you're right. So many people reached out. People have loved Ernie for a long time. He's never really had his own like Ernie Martinez show, but he's been yeah. part of so many shows and so many stations that people, if you're a sports fan in San Diego, you just remember Ernie being a part of. Well, and I, I hope for him when it gave him a chance to do was kind of cleanse the palate a little bit Yeah, and come in and tell his story. And, and uh, I feel like if, if that's the last time he's on a mic, then I hope he takes that away and goes, that was pretty fun. And, and I'm not comparing what you and I did with him to his final show at Extra, where it ended up with, with Trevor. Yeah. And Trevor called in. I think Ernie got choked up on the show because he's a big puss. Yeah. Start crying, ah, Trevor. But I liked it. <laughs> Who, Dave, let me ask you this. Who could I possibly book on this show that if they called in and just said, hey, Dave, just wanted to call and say hey and tell you what a fine job you're doing. Right there we know he's a big fucking liar, whoever he is. But let's just say for for giggles that that's what he says. Who could I possibly book that could maybe choke you up by giving you a compliment? One person. Mm. When you were asking the question, I was like, there's nobody. There's only one. Let me think about this. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, there's only one. And 10 seconds ago, the answer was zero. Vin. Vin. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Can you imagine? Well, we won't get him. No, but we've had Vin on the show yes, before. It because was, of Katie Mosher. Did we get him on because of Katie? No, Wait, who no, was we didn't. It? We got no. Eric Chavez on because of Katie Mosher. <laughs> oh, they're the same Do you remember that shit? And then I like offended him? Of course. I was right, by the way. Do you remember what I said to kind no. of piss him off? Okay, so... <laughs> so, this is when Jeff and, and I were at KFMB. Because Bay. of Katie Mosher. No, yeah. we had Eric Chavez. Oh, yeah. one in the same. One in the same. Because Katie Mosher went to high school with Eric Chavez. And um, he's a little bit younger than me. And yeah. like maybe by a year or two. But I got engaged when I was 19. Right. Well, he was like 22 and signed like a three-year, $9 million contract and got married. Yeah. And I told him he was an idiot. Jesus Christ, I, I do remember Do you that. remember that? Yes. And I don't know why I couldn't just say, congratulations. Yeah, what was your problem? Because I, I told him, you just said goodbye to half your fucking money is what I told him. <laughs> I go, it's never going to work. <laughs> you and I know when those players travel, we know oh, what the menu yeah. looks like. And I'm like, dude, you're 22. Are you yeah. out of your fucking mind? And uh, I remember Katie going, that was a favor. And you completely <laughs> fucked it up. Sorry. Yeah. And she was right. I was wrong. I should never have said what I said. But I, well, I, if we I, run into him, we'll apologize. Yeah. Does he work for the Angels? Does he? He probably does. Everybody works for the Angels. I thought he did. Oh, my gosh. Well, if you run into him it, around Mount Carmel. Yeah. Mount just, Carmel. just tell him, hey, you know what? Dave saw the ears of his ways. Yeah. He feels bad. He wasn't wrong, but he told right. you. You just said goodbye to $4.5 million. Right. He knows he yep. was right. But, um, but hey, it wasn't he, his place to say it. Yeah, he feels bad about saying it. I did. Yeah, it took me a long time to admit I messed up. But yeah, I remember Katie just was shaking her head going, I can't believe that. Uh, I just want to say one quick NHL thing. Well, hold on. Who, who would be the one that ch- would choke you up? Oh, boy. Let me think. Uh, Jilly Malash, <laughs> former North Star goalie great. No Neck Williams, as coach dropped on the air today. Hey, what? <laughs> He let some asshole call 
call in. One thing Jeff was good at, Jeff had no time for bullshit. If you yeah. call in, you better be a good caller. Because I get bored quick. He did. And he, or if he knew you weren't good for the audience, he would say, beat it. And get lost. He let some guy call in who just talks, telling you about, I used to go to Lanefield. And then oh, Coach starts God. telling you he used to go to Westgate Park. How fun. And he goes, I remember my mom and dad would take me there. We'd bring lunch. and We'd, we'd bring egg salad sandwiches, Dave. The, dude, it was just like that. And we had, we had Pringles. And every now and then, my dad would let me pack a, a sun-kissed orange soda. We couldn't afford Orange Crush. But we would get sun-kissed or Fanta. And we'd sit out there. Boy, it'd be hot. The coach would get a little bit of a heat stroke. And I don't know if you've ever had egg salad after it's been in the sun, Dave, but it can it can play a little bit of, remember that song, Wipeout? That's a little <laughs> bit of what's going on in your small intestine after that egg salad's been sitting out in Grandma's macaroni salad. What the fuck? Who wants to hear this? He, he goes, and I remember going out there and yeah. seeing No Neck Williams. And I'm like, who? And my brother, who's 12 years older than me, I'm like, at what point do we give a fuck? And then he lets this old goat start giving his lineup. Well, I remember I went out there, and it was Art Smith. Remember him, Coach? No, he's a little ahead of my time. What was the key about Art? Well, I remember Art, he he worked a farmer's market. And you could go right up, no problem at all, and get an autograph. Well, that's probably because nobody knew who the fuck Art Smith was. (laughs) I'm sorry, Coach, what? Fuck you. Dude. Hey, like fuck that. you, coach. My <laughs> dad would have knocked your ass out. You wouldn't have done shit. <laughs> you wouldn't have done shit. Wouldn't that be the best coach's show? Fucking, it just it would be great <laughs> if such threatening to beat guys up. It would be great. Uh. <laughs> coach Thompson, you wouldn't do shit. It would be great. This is one of those old guys just hits the wrong nerve with Coach. And Coach is losing his mind. It would be great. Holy It would be fuck. great. Yeah, well, I don't know why this guy give the lineups out. It goes this, a Coach, I never miss a game. But, man, I tell you, that Joe Musgraves, he can't lay down a bunt. <laughs> and he's like, I think it's Musgrove. And, and he laid one down. I must have missed that game. I was like, you just said you never miss a yeah. game. <laughs> you asshole. What am I listening to? Well... Yeah, you know, the one thing, Coach, circling back to Don Rodriguez for years, remember? He cleaned the lanes at Parkway Bowl. He could go right in and talk to him. Hey, Don. Hey, who the fuck is this story interesting to? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) You heard me. Nobody went to the goddamn bowling alley. Who let you on my show? Jesus Christ. Hey, you have a bad attitude. Well, you have bad stories. <laughs> hey, fuck you, coach. Hey, fuck you, Don. <laughs> this is the Angry Coach show. Dude, Angry Coach is great. <laughs> angry Coach would be great. Damn it. Uh, I tell you what. I'll tell you another thing. This is a competition business, and I'm all fired up. Right across the street is where that little pencil neck Darren sits over there with his scarf telling everybody how fun it is to run around and kick the ball. Kick the ball. Hey, you know what we do in our building? We hit the ball with the bat. Like I'm going to hit you in the face with my big ham fist. (laughs) Bring your friend Russell over here too. I'll scramble his eggs for him. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who's next on the show, Branson? <laughs> uh, we have Lou calling from Lakeside. Hey, Lou, welcome to Angry Coach's show. <laughs> well, thanks, Coach. You sound a lot like the old fuck that was just on. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and when's the last time your little willy got hard? My God, that's inappropriate. But I'll tell you when it was. The first time I saw Gene Stapleton. My God. Have some pride, Lakeside. <laughs> Coach, I hope you get shingles. <laughs> hey, shouldn't you be back in the ground, old timer? Roll your flat ass out of here. <laughs> my God, my day. You wouldn't have done for shit. I worked on the goddamn tuna boats with Nick Canopus' father. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Did of his dad work on the tuna boats? I, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Bill Sutter said you're an asshole. He never goddamn did. <laughs> Tell you what. Why don't you line up a few people to read your eulogies? Because in about 4.15 this afternoon, I'm going to meet you out at Plaza Bonita and I'm going to beat the living shit out of you. <laughs> My God, you won't do a goddamn thing. Night's over for you, flat ass. <laughs> this is a good show. <laughs> now that's a good show. See, Avery Coach would be a good show. It would be the best show in town. I'm just challenging everybody Dude, I to love a it. fight. Oh, my gosh. It would be the best fucking show in town. <laughs> Jesus. I have no idea what my problem is. Oh, my God, dude. Oh we're we're going to open up. I'll run into him. Hey, I heard your stupid show. I'm not beating up old guys. What are you two doing over there? <laughs> what are you and Dave doing? He's a coach in this town. Don't encourage him, Dotson. <laughs> He's a coach in this town. <laughs> <laughs> you Sandy Guido guys are nuts. Oh, my gosh, dude. I fucking love Johnny. Dude, it's so funny that you and Katera are actually friends. Number one, you kick the shit him. out of him all the time, dude. Fucking you rip, love the guy. You rip Tory Pines to his face every chance you get. <laughs> dude, he is the best dude going. Oh Can you gosh. imagine if he was sensitive, oh. I couldn't do any of that. He no. couldn't give less of a shit. If he heard it, he'd actually like it. He would. He would laugh. Oh, he's the best. He no, that, that's honestly the only reason why yeah. we can do dumb shit like that is he really is. He's such a good oh dude. God. And he does have a very good sense of humor. I know on the air he comes across as just white, you know, dry toast. Yeah. But he's not. He's, he's a really, really good dude. And he, his stories are funny. And yeah, he has put up with my bullshit for way too long. <laughs> he always does. Yes. You know? He always does. He will. Like, that's it. I hope he likes Angry Coach. Oh, my gosh. Damn it, dude. That's, Fighting old guys. That is so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> Damn it. That's funny. Dude, I was, speaking of coaches, I was watching this thing on uh, ESPN the other day. I was watching this, this SEC storied is what it is. what is, And they okay. do, it's like a one-hour deal on, like, Bo Jackson or Frank Thomas, anyone oh, yeah, who's nice. ever played in the SEC. Well, they did a thing on this LSU famous baseball coach, Skip Burtman. Okay. 
And they, he's had a bunch of major leaguers and shit. And then they show him going to the mound to pull out his pitcher, Paul Bird, who played in the oh, major yeah, leagues. For sure. And he walks in. He goes, Paul, give me the ball. And he gives him the ball. He goes, Paul, I just want to let you know it's not your fault. It's my fault. And he's looking at the coach. It's my fault for recruiting you to come to LSU. Oh, my God. <laughs> what did Paul Bird do? He just walked off the mound. Like, what the fuck? Dude, it cracked me up. It was the funniest fucking lie that he Dude, dropped out this kid great. who feels so terrible that he let his coach and his team down. It's my fault. The uh, We have a guy on our team. He'll remain nameless. But I, I, you got to just, you got to bust balls, right? It's, just, it's the only way to go through life. Yeah, you just have to. And especially for us, because I got five guys on my team, and they're just, they're the greatest. They, they all, we've got three new guys, and they have fit in so perfectly. And there's a dude on my team that came from Kaplan's show. Okay. And so he put up with Kaplan. Put up with BR, right? Yeah. So he's he's got to be used to it. You know they were trash talking him, but he came really highly regarded from Alley Rat. Yeah. So he has fit in great. Good. Well, yesterday he had like three responsibilities, and all of them just went completely oh, off the track. Oh no! Right? But he's new. Yeah. So you know when you're new, you've only been there. You you take it if you care, you take it to heart. To me, it was kind of a test run for the responsibilities, and I'm I'm saying to him, this is why you have rehearsal, right? So that you get these things worked out. But I love it because he's got a positive attitude, and he's walking out, and he says to me on the way out, uh, hey, I just want you to know I'm going to be better tomorrow. So now, I got, I got a team of five. You throw me a 47-mile-an-hour fastball, I'm hitting it. <laughs> So he goes, uh, hey, I'm going to be better tomorrow. And I go, well, you didn't, that's not really that high a bar to jump. <laughs> so my whole team is just like, everybody Jesus, heard, everybody heard it. of oh, course. Boy. And they all knew what happened. Yeah. So then he gets out to his car and he sends me a text. And the text says, be careful where you step tomorrow. I'm going to leave a present by your desk. And I said, well, you stepped in enough of it today. You'll know what to look for. <laughs> And he Jesus just Christ. and he writes me a message. He goes, "Do you like hurting me?" And I wrote, <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote him back. No, I hate myself. And he just wrote me like twenty ha ha ha. And so he comes in today because he's son of a bitch. And, but it's great. Like it's you good. gotta, yeah, you got it. You have to. I just told him what I go. If you just want to work somewhere where it's like, yeah. hey, buddy, let's pull out the acoustic guitar. <laughs> Listen to some flan music. I hear you're in the wrong place. <laughs> I go, I got a reputation to maintain, oh, buddy. And by the way, yeah. he had the same duties today and he absolutely crushed. Good. It. And I take full credit for okay, it. Okay, good. Because he was like, I'm not listening to your bullshit again today. <laughs> um, the one thing on coaches, I said this to Dave. I know probably everybody is watching Padre baseball. Mike, Dave, what a play tonight by, by Jake Cronenworth. Dude, he's been in so good. In the 10th inning. He's been so good. It's funny. My We watched the play live when you were in the car listening on yeah. the way here. My son and I, I mean, I say we. And Josh is obviously a huge Padre fan. Like You saw the way he reacted yeah. when they won the game. Um, but we're watching it, and this is what I, I complain about today's baseball. And I hate to sound like an old guy. I have no idea why when you have a guy on third, and they were playing infield halfway. like basically right. even with Nobody the out. One nope. run game. Nobody out. 
why would you run on contact on that? Yeah. Like, like in, in, and it sounds ridiculous. I know when I say this in high school, in that same situation, I'll tell the kids, here's the deal. You, we are not running home unless the ball goes through on the ground or there's a, a sack fly to tag yeah. up on. You have, you st- even if you're out, you have a chance. And I go, wait for them to at least try and turn the double play before running home. Now, not to take anything away from Cronenworth. I'm not blaming anything on the pot. That play was so fucking good. It was insane. Uh, what I'm saying is I don't understand in professional baseball, that's what they're told, to run home on contact immediately. And yet I haven't seen a guy make a bad throw home in any game. The guy is always out at home. To me, Dave, that play in the 10th inning is one of – Watching it back, I don't know, honestly, live, that I would have picked up on it. But yeah. Josh, you and Josh said you got to watch this, and you watch it back. Again, if if you haven't seen the play, it's the 10th inning. The pods are up by one. Melanson's in. Yeah. You have runners at first and third. It's a hard ground ball towards the bag side of second base. Yep. Cronenworth leaps to his right. I have to imagine that the runner is thinking that San Diego's going to sacrifice the run with nobody out and take the, the double, double play. play. The, uh, the, the play is so fast from Cronenworth, <clears throat> who extends to his right, comes up in one motion, throws a perfect strike to Caratini, yeah. who catches the runner from the Brewers 10 feet up the yeah. line. He's frozen. Yeah. And the look on the Brewer, the runner's face from the time he walked into the dugout, gets a bottle of water and looks out at the field. What the fuck happened to me? Dude, that, I, I said to Josh, I go, Josh, that is just instincts, right? Like, that oh, is yeah. such, you can't even coach a play like that. No, that's what they talk about, IQ, right? Your baseball IQ, understanding what's happening. So he, smooth. So smooth. And you have to remember that Cronenworth was a pitcher. You know he has yeah. a cannon. You know, yeah, he plays second base. He has a cannon for an arm. Um, I, I but just, he never hesitated. It's not he, well, even Dave he, like. Well, it was in his vision. He could see the guy was going home. So I mean, he, when he got the ball and looks, you know, before he turns up, he's looking right there and realizes Damn. there's nobody else at third base. Yeah. My my point is, I don't understand certain things with sabermetrics. Like we talk about this all the time. Yeah. How some people say it's for the better of the game. It's not good for the game. But you know, there's a reason why a Dodger team who's supposed to be really good is like one in eight in extra yeah. games because they refuse to ever lay down a bunt. They, yeah. You know, you go, dude, sometimes you got to do whatever it takes to generate that one run. And the rule is when you're at on the road, you play for two. The Padres yep. are on the road today. They happen to score. And for the Brewers, you're playing for one is is it. So you knew the Padres scored on their side. It was now the yeah. Brewers' side to get that one, and they couldn't get that one. And that's it. You win the series. I, I just tell you, you look at that. I wonder how many second basemen in the that can game make that throw, who even think to make that throw, yeah. and don't instead go Tatis to Hosmer, take the double play. We got two outs, yeah. and we're in a tie game, but bases are empty. We'll yeah. take our chances, and we get up in the eleven. Exactly. That to me is just one of those plays where you go, "Holy shit!" and yeah. and you go. Hey, uh, this is a play I'm going to show my sons and say that's how you do it. I think you could show that play to any kid a thousand times. I'm not sure in the moment with the adrenaline going that anybody, right, what percentage of players has the wherewithal to come up and immediately gun home? I yeah. just go, holy cow, was that impressive. It was, it was impressive. But that's the reason why they played um, even with the back. 
You okay. know what I mean? Because yeah. to, for the, for the play at home, it, it wasn't traditional double play depth. True. And so that 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 was the play there. It's funny, man. There's so many different ways of so fun. The way yeah, people talk about baseball that way. Like there are guys who will say you either play all in or you play all out. There is no in between. Yeah. Well, that was right. the situation they played in between, and it 100 percent worked. Uh, really, really great play. Yeah. And I guess you're right. Maybe maybe you're like, hey, go home if you get it. I mean, we want to win it. We got the we're on the road. Up by one, but but damn. you're right. It was a backhand play. It, it was incredible. He made he yeah. made another play earlier in the game. I know you were you were in the car. Outstanding. You and I off there spoke about this for a, a quick second on Monday. I asked you, is Cronenworth an all star? Because I said I see Boy, five all stars on this Padre team. And I, for me, I had Cronenworth as an all star. I I mean I know and and I'm not looking at averages of second yeah. baseman in front of me, right? But for the National League, my God, I you got to think from a player's perspective. With the players' vote, he's got to be in. He's something else. And now you're talking about a team with the best record in baseball. You know, it's not just some guy or some team that, hey, we're a fan of, but they stink. This is now a team with the best record in baseball. Uh, The other thing, and this is just for any of you that might casually be NHL fans, and especially right now when we're into the Stanley Cup playoffs, always so insanely exciting time of year. But I was saying to Dave, when you think about different coaches, high-profile coaches that have won championships, right? I mean, you look at the NFL, of course it's always going to go to Bill Belichick. Yeah. Right now when you go to the NBA, Dave, I'm, I'm, I mean, Frank Vogel wins, but I'm trying to think, maybe Popovich is the guy that you look Popovich at. Popovich is, is, is the guy. For, guy. for active guys. And now right? he's getting killed because he hasn't adapted to the three-point shot. Yeah. So the game's passing him by. I'm trying to think right now as far as active coaches. It's Popovich. He's the winningest one. He'd be the guy, yeah. right? Uh, in baseball, I mean, you got a handful of guys that have won championships. I mean, well, Joe, Joe yeah. Madden won a championship. There's a handful of guys well, out it, there, right? It, well, Larissa is literally a Hall of Famer managing right now. A, another example, right, where you go, he's in the spotlight, whether it's good or bad. When you come to the NHL, NHL coaches, for the most part, don't get a lot of attention. Yeah. John Tortorella, who recently left in Columbus, gets a lot of attention. He's been successful, won a cup with the with the Lightning, but he's probably more known for how abrasive he is with the media. But there is a guy in the NHL that is so unbelievably good, and nobody knows his name. I think he's a great story, and if, you, if you're just kind of saying, yeah, I'd like to watch the NHL, the Kings aren't in, the Ducks aren't in, uh, it's kind of fun for Toronto, right, to be yeah. in. But who should I watch? Here's your team. It's the New York Islanders. Their head coach is a guy named Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz came up with the Nashville Predators. Again, small market town. We're wondering about the NHL in in country music, USA. But Dave will tell you, as somebody with roots there, the Predators in the Barry Trotz era were always good, always a playoff team, insanely competitive but at a certain point after a while, like any coach, they need a new voice. He moves on. He goes to the Washington Capitals and goes up there and with Alex Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, and others, wins a Stanley Cup. But he happens to win a Stanley Cup in the last year of his contract. Yeah. And he elects to move with Lou Lamarillo, who had been the former guy who built the New Jersey Devils went to the Maple Leafs, didn't have much success up there. But Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz go to the New York Islanders. Now, the Islanders in the 70s, we remember four Stanley Cups, 
right? Mike Bossy, Brian Trottier, Bob Nystrom, Clark Gillies. I mean, amazing players. But the last 15 years for the Islanders have been an absolute disaster. From uniforms, the ownership, the coaches, the whole thing. Barry Trotz with the Islanders tonight, they eliminate the Pittsburgh Penguins with Sidney Crosby, uh, Malkin, and others. And they are unbelievable how fun they are to watch. And I just look at this guy and you go, this is the best coach nobody knows. He is a champion, but he goes in, Dave, and I know the criticism. I don't buy into it, but I know others do. When they say, oh, Phil Jackson, well, he went in, and how can you not win when you have Jordan and Pippen? How can you not win when you have Kobe and Shaq? Dude, Barry Trotz went to the Islanders with a very limited roster. There is no Connor McDavid, no Austin Matthews on that team, and they just win. And son of a gun, it's one of my favorite stories in sports. No ties to the Islanders. But I would just say, as you're kind of watching, if you're paying attention, even if you're just watching the scroll at the bottom of Sports Center, pay attention to that team, man. He is an unbelievable, not, not a me guy. Yeah. You rarely see him interviewed. But son of a bitch, if they don't win, and that is really, really impressive. Let me ask you a ho- hockey question. All right, now, yep. right now, as we have TV on, we're watching uh, hockey highlights on television right now. So, obviously, I, I'm a Kings fan, but I'm not the Kings fan that, that I was when you know Gretzky was there. You should Star jump Paris. back in. Things are about to get really, really good well, for the Kings. Well, I'll wait. Okay. Of course you will. Okay, I'll wait till they're in the playoffs. How's that? Because they've given me shit for a few years. Um, and watching them the way they started this year, and I did watch the watch them when they started this year, and they had all these disappointing losses right at the end. I was like, motherfuckers, they aren't ready. So my, my question is, though, not about mm-hmm. me as a fan, okay? I'm talking mm-hmm. about a casual sports fan, someone who yep. watches the NFL on Sundays, gets together with friends, watches Major League Baseball because they're a Padre fan or a Laker fan, is when I was younger, mm-hmm. hockey was more popular, okay? Yep. And, and then hockey... All of a sudden, it seemed to go in the shit. And and I want to ask you, why did this happen? How did it used to always be the four major sports to where hockey's not part of that anymore? Where And for me, it seems like, it sounds crazy. Remember when it was the NHL on Fox? Oh, and yeah. And they had the blue puck and the whole yep. deal? And I'm not saying that's what brought it down, but it seemed like everything, it just disappeared. I, I don't know where the crash happened or why the crash happened. Well, it's about to change next year. I don't know how many people have paid attention. I don't think they are. That's why but, I'm asking you to explain it. Yeah. Well, next year, things are different. The NHL is coming back to ESPN. And <clears throat> so they're coming back to ESPN. But the other thing that's pretty cool is ESPN's going to TNT. And if you look at what TNT did for the NBA... With inside the NBA. And, yeah. and listen, when you are lucky enough to have the personalities that that show has, starting with Ernie Johnson, but then Kenny Smith, Barkley, and then bringing Shaq in, it's awesome, right? Yeah. And for me, as a guy, Dave, I am to the NBA what you are to the NHL. I'm a casual NBA fan. My Wolves are a mess. But I, I like it, but but I cannot get enough of that show. That show is so goddamn is funny and so well put together. Yesterday, TNT announced that they have hired Wayne Gretzky to be the lead analyst on TNT. Gretzky is uh, incredibly close with Charles Barkley. Barkley pushed to get him. Great. And the feeling is that TNT is going to try to do for the NHL fan base what they've done for guys like me. 
where it doesn't feel like, hey, here's the guy from outside three points, and here's the guy in the lane, and here's what the four did, and here's the five. They just talk basketball. Yeah. And and all that fun stuff. I don't know him, but people really close to me that know Gretzky say that in those kind of situations, he can be fall down funny. Good. Fall over funny. Incredible stories. I mean, I told a story of what Paul Coffey said. Last year I was at a dinner in Toronto, and Paul Coffey said that he was on a radio show. He'd been on ESPN Radio, and they said, uh, like, compare playing with Mario to playing with Gretzky. And Coffey said, with Gretzky, all of the attention went to him, yeah. which allowed him to pass it to me or Curry or anybody else, yeah. Messier, that was wide open and it was an easy goal because everybody brought the attention to Gretzky, which left the rest of us wide open. He said Lemieux, um, because he was so big and so physical, even though that attention, same thing, went to Lemieux, Lemieux could shake off the players and score the goals. So whether Gretzky was setting up the goal, still scoring an unbelievable amount, or Lemieux was scoring the goals, uh, both guys were really good. Well, Coffey said that the only thing that Gretzky hears as he happens to turn on the interview is uh, him hyping up Mario Lemieux. Okay. So he goes, I'm feeling pretty good about the interview. I hang up. Ten minutes later, my phone rings. It's a kid from Brampton. Hey, what the hell was that? <laughs> but the, uh, the all-time greatest... Gretzky story and at this dinner I got 10 minutes with Paul Coffey and I just said you know Kings fan I remember and he was just so NHL guys are just so great and I'm sitting here talking to a Hall of Famer and I said I go I love that story he goes oh dude he's unbelievable he goes he's unbelievable and I said did you ever hear the elevator story about Maple Leaf Gardens and he goes I don't think so what is it I said, Bob Miller told this story, and I made Bob tell it every time he was on the air. At that time in 93, it was just one against eight, two against seven. It wasn't east against west. So in the semifinals to go to the Stanley Cup, it ends up being the Maple Leafs and the Kings. Anybody who remembers that series, it was unbelievable. It was great. Wendell Clark fighting McSorley all the time. Doug Gilmore, Felix Potvin, Kelly Rudy, so good. Wasn't Pat Burns the coach? Yeah, Pat Burns and Melrose. Yep. They hated each other. People were sending donuts to Pat Burns' hotel room. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. So Bob Miller tells his story, and he said the game, it goes back to game seven at the old Maple Leaf Gardens. Yep. And Gretzky gets on the elevator and starts riding down to the locker room. And he says to the elevator attendant, how's your day going? And the attendant goes, well, it's okay now but it's not going to be great around 10 o'clock. And Gretzky said, oh, yeah, why is that? And the guy working the elevator said, man, when the Leafs win tonight, this town's going to go nuts. <laughs> so they go, and, and Bob said the elevator goes down, you know, second floor, first floor, it's all quiet. Basement, elevator doors open, and Gretzky said, uh, I think you're going to be okay. 
And the guy said, oh, yeah, why do you say that? He goes, well, your job starts at 10. My job starts at 7. <laughs> Gretzky goes out and has an unbelievable game, and the Kings win. And that's the thing that I think anybody who, who has dealt with him, they all say the same thing. He is just the nicest, yeah. most humble guy, but so competitive and so funny. So, Dave, I think next year, because the games have been on NBC Sports Network and it's tough to find yeah. them and NBC – um, now that they're coming back to ESPN and they're going to be there on TNT and a lot of cross promotion and doing those kind of things. And it's an exciting time. You've got Alexi Lafayette playing for the Rangers. Quentin Byfield will be full-time for the Kings. Connor McDavid's insanely good with Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton. Austin Matthews and John Tavares playing in Toronto. I mean, there is talent all around the league and it's just there's younger guys coming up it's a really, really fun time. But I think, Dave, when, in a long-winded way to answer it, when they're back mainstream to how you remember them, yeah. hey, we also had the benefit of Gretzky and Lemieux and some of those guys, yeah. right? Well, also, as you just mentioned, I mean, when you were talking about the Kings, I mean, the Kings did a great job getting stars in that organization. It yeah. wasn't like that so much in the 80s. I understand you had you know, Marcel Dion and you had Jimmy Carson. Charlie Simmer. Yeah. I mean, Fuck. And then all of a sudden, they went to the cool uh, silver and black uniforms. Yeah, and they get Gretzky. Gretzky. And, you, and then, man, star power started coming in. And yeah. some of these guys might have been a little bit past their prime, but we all remembered and knew who they were. Yeah. And it felt like, fuck, man, there's a major interest. Well, we got every really guy cool. from Edmonton. Yeah, we I did. I mean, they started with Gretzky, McSorley, and Mark Kruzelniski. Yep. But then they went out and got Yar- Yari Curry. Yep. And then they got Charlie Huddy. Yes. And then they got Grant Fuhr. Yep. And then... It was awesome. Everybody else. And then Paul Coffey came yep. in, right? And they just kept loading up on guys. I thought they fucked up when they went and got Jimmy Carson back. I was like, oh, that, oh, that man. didn't work out. That, that now, did not work out the way they thought. But now the thing is with the Kings, why the Kings are going to be really interesting is, yes, they won two Stanley Cups in 12 and 14. Yeah. But their former GM, Dean Lombardi, did what a lot of guys do. He did not follow the Belichick theory, which is, I'm going to get rid of you two years too early instead of two years too late. And Dean signed guys to extensions out of loyalty for bringing two cups to town, traded draft picks away, and it really made it tough for the Kings to reload. Well, right now, when you look at their farm system, ranked top three in all of the NHL, Quentin Byfield, who we told you about, number two pick in the draft, highest drafted uh, African-American player in NHL history, incredibly humble. He is six foot, I think he's six four, two 220 pounds, Plays center, similar skill set. You'd never compare him to Lemieux, but just a big physical guy that can play center and insanely popular. He's going to be up full time next year. Then yeah. you've got other guys like Alex Turcott, Gabe Velarde, uh, a handful of other players. Very, very good young. But they still have a couple of guys that people might remember from the cup teams. Jonathan Quick is still there. Drew Doughty's still there. Andre Kopitar is still there. Dustin Brown is there. This is why it's exciting. They are doing, it's a little bit of A.J. Preller for the Kings. They have the young guys that are coming in that have been developed, but they have a ton of money under the salary cap. Drew Doughty, who's, I don't know, chirps a little bit, but not bad, came out and said, listen, we got to go for it. Brownie, Dustin Brown, Quick, Quickie. Kopitar, they, don't, they don't do that shit, do they, in hockey? Like they all do in the baseball? Time. Oh, fuck me. But he said Kopitar 
Brown, Quick, and I don't have much time left. Yeah. And we want to make another run at it. We can't just bide the time while these young 18, 19, 20-year-old guys find their way. Rob Blake, the GM, said, you know what? We absolutely agree. Because one year from now will be the 10th anniversary of the first cup championship in L.A. Ten years is a long time. Our fans have been patient. And now the feeling is, Dave, that they're going to be very, very active in this offseason. You also have the Seattle uh, Kraken coming in. So teams are going to, with the expansion draft, right? People are trying to make moves. They got to clear some salary. And uh, the Kings are sitting there with a ton of salary cap. So they're young. Their cap is wide open. They've drafted very well. And I think next year is going to be the first of a couple really, really exciting years for the Kings. Plus, you're bringing them back to ESPN and TNT. It's a little bit of a perfect storm. It'll be interesting. If they can bring that sport back to what it once was as far as the interest level, it'll be very interesting. The, the problem is, too, just one final thing on that is, unfortunately, it has not gone that well for the Ducks. The Ducks are struggling. Dallas Eakins, who you and I dealt yeah. with a lot when he was the head coach of the, uh, the Gulls, great dude. He has struggled as the head coach of the Ducks. They have drafted okay um, with a few guys that are young. Right, Jamie Drysdale, Trevor Zegras, John Gibson's still there, Max Jones. But the Ducks are struggling to find a way to get it together. And if we can find a way for the Ducks to be really good, the Kings are going to be good. Vegas is always good. Yeah. But now Seattle's coming in. Uh, San Jose is always fun when they play because the Sharks hate the Kings and vice versa. It could be really, really good. But I, I would think as a hockey fan, David's like Padres and Dodgers. It, the game's better when the Padres are good, the Dodgers are good, and the Giants are good. When one of those three or two of those three teams, and the Sharks are awful, um, when two of those three teams aren't as good, it's just the whole thing, right? It's the weakest link in the chain. Everybody goes down. But, but yeah, it's a fun time for the NHL. They've got a lot of young players, and I think next year – ESPN and TNT will do a better job of telling you these are the teams you want to watch in here than maybe NBC's been able to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I'd love for the Kings to be good again. And it's not just me as a sports fan. I, I follow more things than I think the average person. You just have to find a way to make it interesting. Speaking of making it interesting, when we talk uh, you know, baseball and we talked a little bit about sabermetrics, do baseball hurt themselves by deadening the ball? I mean, doesn't yeah. it always seem like, hey, the, the home runs, maybe the numbers are up and pitchers can complain and say it's a different ball. But isn't the game better when balls are going over the fence? Yeah, I think so. I don't understand Major League Baseball and what they did on this one, where where the numbers aren't like, – like Tatis has a ton of home runs. Yeah. He's also missed like 17 games. But it, when you realize how hard a guy like him or Machado or even, you know, Fam we joke about who's the king of the warning track – if they went back to the regular baseball, I don't understand why you would say we need to focus on keeping the scoring down. You already have a major problem with a tremendous amount of strikeouts. But Where if you're an average fan and you're trying to say, okay, I'm going to follow this team because so-and-so in my family likes this team, my, my yeah. boyfriend, my girlfriend likes this team, and you just go, oh, my God, that's three and a half, four hours of a shitload of fucking strikeouts and nobody puts the ball in play. And, and when they do put it in play, it doesn't go over the fence enough to keep me interested in this game. The only thing I would play devil's advocate is with the ball being not as active as it's been, right? What it's done for me is give me a greater appreciation for Shohei Otani. 
Yes. Because when you're watching Otani, who just, this guy is uh, unbelievable, it's right? crazy to watch. And we waited, we waited two years as he went through surgeries and injuries and trying to find his way. Dave, that maybe be the one thing that if I'm Rob Manfred and I say, listen, Dave, I get it, but I don't think we need um, Trent Grisham hitting 15 home runs this year because if he's not, or maybe Tommy Pham has been robbed by a couple of balls that come up short, sure, disappointing for them. But our hope is that it gives you a better appreciation for when Otani absolutely tees off. Yeah. I mean, you're watching these, right? And oh, it sounds different. It's just insane. It looks like we were talking to Ernie the other day about Mark McGuire. Yeah. It feels like Bonds, McGuire, the way those guys hit ball. I mean, you're seeing the same thing with Tatis. When Tatis unloads, other day when he hit that ball, right? 400-some yeah. feet. I think that's the thing where... That would be the only thing that I would I would bring back is I would say, yeah, we, we, we're going to keep working on it. However, right now it does leave a bit of a gap between the everyday guys and the guys that can really unload yeah. like the guys we just mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny is, you know, in this house here we have – where Josh is a is a Padre fan, I, I root for the Dodgers, and my wife said us said us the other day. She got upset. She goes, every time I walk into the house, there's a baseball game on, and in our house, there's always a baseball game on, whether the Dodgers yeah. are playing Padres are playing or somebody else. I'm always watching a game. Well, it's not Hallmark time. And hey, it's not it's not Hallmark time. And she's basically said, "Fuck you guys," without using those words. She was well. There's no Ted McGinley movie. <laughs> super super pissed. She says, "I'm going to pick my own team." Oh. And I said, oh, yeah. She goes, I'm going to pick a team on the East Coast. And I said, well, if you, if you want me to help you out, why don't you take the Yankees? Because they've won 27 championships and you won't be disappointed. And she goes, I'm not picking the Yankees. And then she starts going. Hang on. Uh, go ahead. Let me see if I. Did she pick a team? She, she did, but she didn't pick East Coast. So I'll, I'll tell you that. She did pick a team. Okay. Picked her own team. Interesting. Picked her own team, not East Coast. American League or National League? American League. American League. Uh, no way she took the devil race. No way that's exactly happen. right. You're 100% right on that. She's not taking that, right? No. no you know her. She's a religious person. Uh, all right. I'm, uh, I'm going to say. Think I about have... it. You're on the right track. Oh, it's simple. She took the angels. 100% right. She picked the angels. There you go. Okay. I would have I outthunk myself. <laughs> I would have gone. But you, was... you, you nailed it. Because she's well, not like going to. that. Good she's, for her. She's, she's so damn dumb. She's not going <laughs> to pick a team that has, even though they're called the Rays now, the yeah. Devil Rays. When Josh was getting recruited out of high school, there yeah. were two schools, no matter what, he wasn't going to. He Arizona State. Arizona State because of the Sun Devils, and he wasn't going to Duke because of the Blue Devils. She wasn't doing it. Even if Coach K knocked on the fucking door, he wasn't yeah. going to Duke. Brought a fruit basket. That didn't matter. It has the name Devils in it. The answer was no. Yeah, so you're 100% right. She picked the Angels. Well, I like that. She did well. And she picked a team. And I said, look, you picked a team right between the two. Perfect. Yeah. When are we going? I don't want to go to a game. Dude, the big A is great. <laughs> but you know her. She just did it as a fuck you to us. But she's not going to invest. She's not going to buy a shirt or a hat and go to a game and see Mike Trout. She's going to duck. Try not to get hit in the face. No shit. Last time she won, it didn't work out well at all. God damn. <laughs> Out there looking like Ronda Rousey after Holly Holm got a hold of her. 100% did. She was all jelly legged. Oh my God. 100% did. 
I like that pick for the Angels. Yeah, that that was. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's okay. So like your boys are huge NBA fans, right? Mm-hmm. Or do they have NBA on all the time, even when their team's not playing? Um, my son Jack would watch the NBA all day long. I I don't think my son Cade is casual fan across the board for every sport. Every sport. Every sport. Casual. Um, if it's on, he'll watch it. But he's not going to stop everything he's doing to watch it. Yeah. Loves it. Will play football all day. Loves just going out, running around. He'd rather hoops. play than watch. Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. And he just, like we've, he's excited now. We'll say this. He's excited to be a King season ticket holder. And I think for him, um, the only reason I did it like I've said to him, it goes back to my Tatis and Machado theory, right? Where I said, I brought you to that game on that opening day because, A, I thought it would be a fun moment for us. But I wanted you at some point, if it ever clicks in, yeah, to say, dude, I was there at their first game in this uniform with my dad, with my brother. We were there. And I said to him... I'm insanely excited for the future of the Kings. I've never been a season ticket holder. I can't think of doing this without you. But I think when we go to 12 games next year out of 40 home games, uh, you're going to be you're going to be into it. The music's playing. It's rock and roll. You're going to see the team. You're going to establish favorite players. You have a jersey. I've already told you. You let me know what player you want, whether it's Byfield, if they trade for Jack Eichel. And I think, Dave, you and I have talked about it. <clears throat> there's something really cool and really fun about being a season ticket holder. And they, there's some fun perks that come with it. But um, Padres are going back full capacity on the 17th. 17th or 15th? Or is I, that for, I heard is 17th, which okay. is the Thursday. I just know in, okay, in California, I thought it was the 15th. Yeah, I, but I think, they, I think the, it's a Thursday. It could be scheduled, okay. yeah. So he's excited for that. To go back, he loves that, right? He loves the energy of being there, taking it all in, hot dog, a Coke, hanging out and being a part of it. And I know he digs it being there with me, but as far as sitting down and uh, and watching a game start to finish, his brother would watch NBA <clears throat> from 8 in the morning till 8 in the morning. Yeah, all, It doesn't matter. Whatever game. Memphis, Utah, he's watching. Knows every player. I mean, he just, I, I mean, I guess it's probably like we were as kids with baseball, right? Where that you was felt me. like, yeah. where you felt like you knew every player. And I knew and, everybody on the Braves and Cubs because yeah, that's what I got on, on cable day. TV. Yeah. And then he acts like a dick and loses electronics. So I talked to him tonight. I'm like, what are you doing? I sure as hell ain't watching playoff basketball. How do you fuck this up? What do you do? I go, what are you doing? Do your goddamn dishes. Jesus Christ. I go, how long you shut down? Like four days. Can't even watch AEW tonight. You know what you should do for his birthday next year? What's that? Just get him a set of paper plates. Say, I'm just going to get you paper plates so you don't have to do any dishes. Yeah. Just get it in a big Cali comfort bag. And some solo cups. Yeah. 52 solo cups. And those little things. It's not so much... Like, he's fine, both of them. They're fine. Oh, I lost my mind on him yesterday. Um, 
they're so stupid. God damn. There was a time when I would just tell you, man, these kids are great. Fuck. I cannot say enough how dumb these kids are. <laughs> love them to death. Absolutely love them to death. Bless their heart. Oh, bless their heart. <laughs> and I say to their mom all the time, like I said, I go, every time I come over here, I can see the veins in your mom's neck. And then she chirps in. Now I'm self-conscious. It's not about you right now. God damn, take a break. Red light? These fucking idiots. God, I lost my shit. Maybe you heard. Whatever it was. Three weeks ago tonight? How many weeks ago? What's the date today? 26th? Yeah. Three weeks ago tonight. Uh, Dave threw a spike strip out on the 54, tried to murder me. I did. Because he, he was unable to murder me <laughs> by giving me COVID earlier in the year. So a week ago, Monday, I had to go buy a car. Yeah. Very excited. Got a Sonata Hybrid. I drive so much fucking miles, Dave. I bought the car a week ago, Monday, with 17 miles on it. It's at 922 tonight. Nice. <laughs> Fuck. Is it? Jesus. God. That's what it's for. It's what it's for. You're right. It's not a show car. Yes. Yesterday, my idiot kids and I are over in El Cajon, yeah. and I'm getting gas. A guy in a wheelchair, appears to be a homeless guy, Okay. is wheeling backwards out of the Chevron on Main Street. I'm pumping gas, and this guy yells at me. He goes, hey, man. <clears throat> He goes, that's the number one car, rated number one car by car and driver. And I go, yeah? He goes, yeah, that's a hell of a car you got there. How you like it? I go, I like it a lot. Next thing I know, Dave, as I'm pumping gas, yeah. my whole goddamn car is rumbling like it's a size uh, seven on the, on the Richter scale. Oh, shit. I look in, it's because my one idiot kid is trying to climb through the seats with his tennis shoes on to beat the shit out of his brother. I look, and I currently have $7.47 of gas in my car. Gas is $4. I don't have two fucking gallons of gas in my car, and these two assholes <laughs> are trying to brawl in a $30,000 car that I just bought. Bam, 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 bam. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Yo, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. The guy in the wheelchair starts dying laughing. Hey! I go, fuck. I go, you know what? I'm taking your, your ass home. So tired of you assholes right now. Yeah, they're so dumb. They're so dumb. And I told him. I go, I know this. My brother went to a Helix game. Yeah. He says, hey, my nephews are coming to school in Helix in the fall. The coach said, what's their name? And my brother goes, Cade and Jack Dotseth. And he goes, you in relation to Jeff, Dave and Jeff? He goes, yeah, that's my brother. He goes, dude, you tell those guys to look for me, and I'll look out for them. I said, you fucked that up, <laughs> and I'm going to kick you right in the nuts. I got no time for your shit. I go, your poor mom, mad every night. I don't think the veins in my neck. God damn it. Can you rein it in, woman? <laughs> 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 oh, that's, 
I told her, don't make me laugh when I'm trying to yell at these two idiots. And she's just like, I don't know what the hell happened with these two. I go, I know what happened. They got a big block of cow shit right above their shoulders. <laughs> I just love that they lose electronics. Yeah, so she, yeah. And then they're always grumbling about it. Uh, well, I'll tell you one thing I'm not doing. Watching AEW. <laughs> God damn. That's a tragedy. You live. And they, my one son, Jack, yeah. who was here, this kid, I could yell anything in the world at this guy. Yeah. Because he knows. He doesn't take, they, they've done paying attention to me. Like, Dad, you get mad for two minutes and then you're fine. And you're joking around about something. So I'm like, God damn it. I'll be back Thursday. All right, Dad, love you. Have a great night. Love you too. <laughs> Shit! See? I'm supposed to be mad at no. you. No. They're like, you're not. Good cop, bad cop. You don't know how to be the bad cop. Yeah, they're they like, you're not it. mad. You're over it. Like, ah. I am over it. I'm like, you're I am. Like, I suck at this. Damn it. Sick of you guys. You're not. Shit! Don't cuss in front of mom. Her veins are popping out of her neck. Don't cuss. <laughs> That's the best, man. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for any teachers at Helix, man. I tried. I swear to God, I tried. <laughs> like, just be nice. Can you just be nice? No, you can't. You're just too goddamn dumb. Bye, Dad. Love you. Love you too. Shit! <laughs> Kicking invisible cups. Ah. Uh, yeah, they're just laugh at me. There's zero chance. Oh, my gosh. Hugh Beaumont had a better chance of being mad. Like, get out of here, Alan Thicke. You're not angry. You bitch. Shit. <laughs> you bitch. Your kids call me a bitch. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, That'd be great. Hey, want to mention Brian Curry. Look, right now it's insane when it comes to selling your house. It seems like the number one topic when you talk to people what's happening today yeah. is the value of homes. Everybody Crazy. is talking about it. People are just amazed right now of what their home is worth and how much they can get for it. The big question always is, who's the right person to represent me to get the most for my house? The next question is, where the fuck are we going to move to? The guy who can answer that question is Brian Curry. What do you do if you're saying, hey, let's make money off this home and either doing one or two things, either move into the home of our dreams, a better house, or do we say we're going to jump out, jump into the rental market for a while, wait for the housing market to crash, and then play the game of hopefully getting back in? Either way, it's very confusing. It's one of those deals where you're talking about a ton of money and you need someone to answer the question to put you in the best situation. The only person to talk to is Brian Curry. Go with the guy that's been doing this more than 25 years and is great at his job. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Dave alluded to it. I, I think the biggest challenge as a homeowner is we don't know, is the escalator still going up? And it, are we jumping off too early if we get out right now? Even, I mean, you're seeing these people, Dave, and it's, it's all over town <clears throat> where they're like, we got 65000 more than our asking price. What? 65000 more? I remember when people would get 5000 or 10000 more, they'd be excited. Or they had to shave five or ten or 15000 off the asking price just to move the property and Dave said the other part is, well, now that you've sold, where are you going to go? And for those of us that are about to jump back in the housing market, shit, can we do it? Uh, Dave said it. Brian knows the answers better than anybody. 
because it's what he's done at an extremely high level for a very, very long time. It's just the peace of mind that you're going to get when you know Brian's on your team. Give him a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Look, right now is a great time to call Alan Taylor, Taylor May Pools. Can't tell you how important it is. If you're thinking about buying that pool or fixing the pool that you have, you need to get on Alan Taylor's calendar. So many people who are interested in getting pools right now are saying, you know what, I think I'm ready, but I'm not exactly sure. Look, get on the calendar. Talk to him because the pool industry is going insane, just like the housing industry. It is tough. If you're thinking, man, we're going to have a pool. It's going to be ready in six months. A lot of people are finding out this thing could be a two-year process. you got to get on Alan Taylor's calendar, talk to him, and say, how quickly can you help us out? We are dying. We're tired of sweating in our home, and we want to jump in the backyard and have one of those staycation-type homes like you talk about. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Also, for those of you that already have a pool, maybe you bought that house, and it's got the old-school 1970s right lap pool. We call it the Jan Smithers around here. Yes. Uh, Alan and his team can come in, and they can remodel that so that your friends don't come over and go, oh, hey, what's up, great pool? And you're like, shit. Did you go to a day's in and say, yeah. hey, I want one just like that? It's really nice. They didn't have the clover leaf. No, they didn't. Uh, it's nice. Great. Can't wait to play Marco Polo in this piss pot. <laughs> this box. Thanks. <laughs> but all you got to do is call the guys at TaylorMade Pools. They could come in next time that guy comes in and be like, oh, and you'll be like, hey, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth and don't pee in the pool, William. Yeah, all right, I won't. Sorry. Yeah, don't bring that shitty beer over here either. I got a TaylorMade pool. <laughs> We're not drinking it. Uh, yeah, take a look at our website, DavidJeffShow.com. <clears throat> I love it, man. Look at what Alan has done, whether it's on social media or through our sponsor page to his website. Just absolutely gorgeous. No reason why your backyard can't be the next backyard. Also, Dan Williams is here to help you out right now. Figure out everything that's going on with your finances. As you hear, most of the things we're talking about tonight have to do with deal with your finances. Dan Williams can get things together for you. Don't forget yesterday, um, he did a two-minute Tuesday. We tell you all the time, Bar Smart two-minute Tuesday. You can look at him on YouTube. He will help you out and give you free tips. Also, he wants to help you get out of the rental market and help you buy your own home. So Dan Williams is the guy you want to talk to. Bunch of hotheads in his family. Dan isn't one of them. <laughs> 858 uh, Total confession. Dan, 100% today, I was just joking to make Dave laugh. Uh, Dan has a family member who we care a lot about around here. We've been uh, cheering for him. And he's part of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. You may have seen yesterday that the Fort Wayne Tin Caps were in a bit of a brawl. Was that with the Dodgers? I think so. I think it was the Dodgers double-A team. So Dan, just as such a champion, sends a message to me and Dave today. Hey, did you guys see that fight yesterday? So I, I don't know what my problem is, okay? I saw part of it, but I didn't see a lot of it. So I said, uh, hey, Dan, I don't know what Dave saw, but I'm just going to tell you this. It appeared to me a lot of those Fort Wayne guys got their eggs scrambled. <laughs> And I would tell your relative to carefully watch that video and realize who those guys were so after the game he doesn't go out with those punching bags. <laughs> and Dan writes me back, great advice. I don't have any idea of any of those guys. I just know that Dan's got a family member on there. And I'm trying to make Dave laugh. And we're just goofing this around. Funny. 
And I'm glad that Dan's family member and friends are family around here. I'm glad that he's safe. But honestly, I saw probably 2.7 seconds of the entire fight because I couldn't find the whole thing. Yeah. But I will go back and watch it tonight. But Dan, that was 100% me and my fifth grade mentality just trying to make Dave laugh. I have no idea how Fort Wayne did. But hey, you know what? Hey, I'll tell you one thing. We don't fight in baseball. Okay? Put your gloves on. You snug up your belt, your stirrups, and you get things done between the lines. Goddamn. Coach, I remember. Hey, I might break that rule and come out and drop your ass. Sorry. <laughs> What'd you say? You heard me, old timer. Um, I don't even remember what we were saying. <laughs> ah. Say Dan. Yeah. 858-688-6813. Kyle Fluke is your guy you want to talk to when it comes to this is website. He? he is. He is the guy you want to talk to. He's the guy that can design a website for you. He can fix the one that you have. Kyle's your guy, the best in the business. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. Even though there's a goddamn worldwide pandemic going on. Dude, I love this guy. He's going to outlive all of us. No stress at all. None. Today, I'm like, oh, I got to think of things to say. There are people with a website that need help. Having a blast in D.C. Like, well, all right, shit. I guess we can get to your website on, well, Monday's Memorial Day. Shit, maybe by 4th of July? Is he going to be at the Big Bay Boom? I'm like, my God, this guy is just a machine. There's not a goddamn thing that impacts that guy. Shit. Listen. Hey, if your website sucks, it may just suck. <laughs> sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. I mean, I want you to be good. The guy who does our page is great. I'm the luckiest guy going. But clearly, we're paying him too much. <laughs> this guy's just got time to... Everywhere he goes, he's just on vacation. He'll tell you, I have a laptop. I know what I'm doing. Tom Brady's like, God damn, if I could change places with anybody, it'd be flukes. <laughs> Other than... Uh, there are two guys I know that are living the life of luxury. Mayor Pete of Coronado. Yes. And Kyle Fluger. Yes. So if your website sucks, God, I'm going to say it, but fingers are crossed. Give Flugs a call. He may be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the Smithsonian because I really want to see Fonzie's jacket. <laughs> and I'm hoping that they have Steve Garvey's bat. From 1984, right there next to Lee Smith's jersey. <laughs> and then I'm going to listen to the Bob Denier podcast with Jody Davis, this week's guest. But then after that, sure, I'll fix your shitty side. <laughs> Bob Denier podcast. <laughs> it's so good. It's my favorite. That was good. That was good. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going May 26. Got some good ones in here. Okay. First one, no longer with us. It's John Wayne. Who knew John Wayne was such a racist? I don't think anyone's surprised. But I love that video of him throwing that little punk kid, right? Who signed off on that? To throw that kid in the lake? Yeah. Where are the parents? Dude, my favorite John Wayne moment, and I swear to God, I don't think I've ever seen a John Wayne movie in my life, is that drunk moment, yeah. celebrities at the worst, where he's speaking at USC. Yeah. And in the middle of his story, as he's drunk off his ass, he just goes, it's getting to be goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> uh, all right, let me think about this. 81, I think he died around 83. 
That's about 30 years. I'm going to say he'd be... I'm going to say he'd be 107. Okay, he died in 1979. 79? I yeah. thought I was here when he died. It's a, it's a 1979. He would be 114. Damn. All right, that was pretty close. I'm going to say 10 million. A lot more money than that. $50 million. Wow. The yeah, Duke. how about that? Do you know who Scott Disick is? Yeah, I do. Okay. The one who was uh, with Courtney was with Courtney yeah. Kardashian. Courtney's Courtney's pretty outstanding. She's good looking. She's a big pain in the ass. All right. She's the reason the show's canceling. Really? Why, why they're closing the show down. I'm going to say Scott Disick's 37. Really close, 38. And I think he's made a little money. I'm going to he say is. he's worth uh, $14 million. $25 million. No shit. Yeah, $25 million. You think he's likable and they just made him out to be a douche on that show? He's or probably is he a, a douche? douche. He's probably a douche. Yeah. All right, here we go. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Um, it's, she's the Katie Temple-sponsored... Uh, uh, celebrity of the week. Absolutely. Thrower one. I think Stevie Nicks is going to be 64. 74. <laughs> Let's go two laps. <laughs> 74. 74. Damn. I won't drag your heart around. Uh, 40 million. $75 million. Fucking right. Let's go, <laughs> Stevie. right. So done. All right. First thing I do when Stevie says I'll go out with you, I just take my cell phone and just fucking chuck it right into Santee Lakes. I don't need anybody judging me. We found each other. We're soulmates. (laughs) I don't need any bullshit. Hank Williams Jr. Oh, boy. That guy. This guy. This guy. Bocephus. That's his name. What was it? Woods will know. I don't know. Mr. Music. A pain in the ass. <laughs> Goddamn poor Paul. Putting up with Did you see if he tried getting under his skin today? Woods. <laughs> and our direct act? Yes. It's great. He snaps back at me right away. I've been I, busy. Well, well, then I tried to get it under him, too. He was trying to tell us how tired he was. And he said, I hope it doesn't impact your 12 rounds of golf. I played Tuesday and fucking Friday. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down, Hale Irwin. Uh, let's see. Who the hell was it? Oh, Hank Williams Jr. I think he's going to be 78. 72. Oh, sorry. And I think he's worth uh, $15 million. $45 million. No shit. All these guys have a lot more money than you think. Yeah, no kidding. Got one last one on here for you. Lenny oh, Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. Man, he's cool, huh? Yes. I saw him in concert with somebody. He opened, I think maybe for the Stones. Fuck, he was great. I think Lenny Kravitz is 54. 57. And I think he's worth $80 million. $50 million. Good for him. The one that you went over. All right, here we go. Random questions for you right here. Okay. Which Padre has surprised you the most, and which one has disappointed you the most? Oh, I like that. Uh, Joe Musgrove has surprised me the most. And disappointed me the most is probably probably Myers. Really? Yeah, probably. I mean, fam's an easy answer, right? Yes. But I would say, um, no, you know what, Dave? I'm going to take Myers back. I'm going to go. I'm going to say Blake Snell. Me too. I'm, I'd say Blake Snell. I don't Blake think it's Snell. even close. Yeah. I, I would right say. Right now, he's the worst pitcher in the rotation. Yeah, it's a drag, man, because I like him so much. Just I love his personality. I'm, I'm glad he's here. But um, 
yeah, he just he's struggling. But but I've heard guys say changing leagues and doing a lot of different things that could take a little. I'm just Dude, saying. The plate doesn't fucking move. Throw a fucking strike. God damn, you're, throwing, you're playing a Petco. Jesus Christ. You got a marine layer, you asshole. <laughs> Throw a strike. Fuck, I like that guy. I hope he, uh, yeah, I, I would say Blake's not. I like how he says, I know a lot of people are, are on me right now, but I'm fine with the way I'm playing. Are you? Really? No, you're not. Are you? Playing your video games? <laughs> I like when people tell him to stop playing video games. That makes oh, me laugh, too. Oh, my God. He only plays once every five days. What do you want him to fucking yeah, do? Woods, Woods is golfing twice a day. Woods plays 36 holes a day. Yeah, oh, so tired. I tried to raise two kids. My <laughs> wife's working all the time. I got to work three hours a day. And then I got to fucking tweet the angry eyes all the time. I got to do that anytime the Dodger fans act up. Fuck. Shit. I can't type I'm dead. I just do this skull. Oh, I'm dead. Ah, oh, I'm so tired. Fuck, I can't get in the group chat anymore. I can't. I'd love to I'd love to help, guys. I don't it work just, four hours a day anymore. I only work three. I'm, I'm exhausted. My work day's been slashed by twenty five percent. Who the fuck can live after that? Huh? You know how hard it is to drive into work when the sun's already out? Yeah, you know how hard it is to fucking monitor everything Jason Isbell does on social media when I'm supposed to be feeding my kid half hour ago? Do you? Didn't think so. Manny has a bad shoulder, and I don't know when he's going to come back full-time. What do you want yeah. me to do? Do you know how hard it is to keep telling Paul that he won't have to be selling weed for the next 19 years? Fuck. Do you? You know how tough it is to go sit in the owner's box all day because I can't associate with any of you fucking normal people? Looking at you, Medi. I can't talk to you anymore. This is, this is a one big mind fuck. Fucking guy goes by season tickets because he wants to be a man of the people. Yet he's in the owner's box giving his tickets away. He doesn't yeah. want to be a man of the people. Yeah. It's a hey, zoo out there. I got to write uh, Man versus Woods and pull it off like it's believable. It's fucking War of the Roses is more believable than this bit. <laughs> Every day I got to think of five fucking songs I like and then write a bit. <laughs> well, Ben's. Sitting there, goddamn, in the Captain Mike Ambrose Studios. I'm never invited on. Why the fuck's this show called Sports Extra? We're the fan. Yeah, exactly right, you dipshits. <laughs> Jesus. Let's fix that. Let's fix that. Good God. Ben, tomorrow when you get in at 620, I need to talk to you. <laughs> Here we go. What's your favorite female sport? How's that? Favorite female sport? Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Just say you don't like any of them. No. Um, I I said it, and somebody I was just thinking of, who was just talking? Oh, Ernie mentioned this the other night when he was here. Ernie talked about going to La Costa in the late 90s, early 2000s, when they had that women's tennis tournament. Yeah. And you, Dave, you were like right on the court. And yeah, Kornikova was there. And obviously that was outstanding. And then you go, all right, here comes Lindsay Davenport, right? That's yeah. kind of fun. But dude, when watching Serena and Venus up close that and um, Capriati and Martina uh, Hingis. Yeah. Holy shit, were they good. And, and I mean... 
Dave, it's like when you see the VIP seats behind home plate and you have the chance to watch that or if you're on the boards for the NHL. I would say that. Um, I got to be honest, man. I'm not I, – I love all of them and, and any chance to compete. Uh, women's combat sports, and I got to know a bunch of them, uh, the women fighters over the years, man, they were great. But that's a tough one for me. Like, I, I, you know, women getting busted nose or forehead yeah. busted open. I'm all for it. I'm not saying the sport shouldn't happen. Um, they have the right to compete as much as anybody. And, boy, I mean, in Ronda's day, I mean, what you're seeing with Amanda Nunez right now, Chris Cyborg's awesome. But sometimes, man, you just see these girls. There can be a pretty big gap between the have and the have-nots. And that can be a little tough to watch. I miss the fabulous moolah. <laughs> what's for you? You know what's funny? I'm into right now because it's like postseason time. I like softball. I like watching oh, girl softball. They, yeah. You know, I do. I, I, don't, I hate girls. How about that catch? Yeah. Okay, here's another issue I have with that. That catch that Jeff's talking about that most of you have seen. Look, if the ball leaves the park. Yeah. It should be a home run. No matter where you catch it. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's like catching a touchdown pass out of bounds you might have yeah. caught it but you're out of fucking bounds i agree it doesn't make any fucking still, sense still super fun it was it was, it was crazy so I, I used to like women's basketball college basketball and okay. then i fucking hate it now and i, I tell really? you why i hate it the ball is smaller they have a women's ball okay but the rim is the same size as the men oh make the rim smaller if the ball's going to be smaller and give s- me an idea how good you are and so many we're, helmets yeah we aren't going to the fucking fair you oh, know true. what are we doing yeah with the Bent rim. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit. What the fuck's going on? Your kid's like, just win me the Nemo. The fucking rim's bent. <laughs> sure it is. Doesn't know. Sure it is. You can't shoot. I wish my bitch. Step- <laughs> wish my stepdad was here. <laughs> <laughs> if you could speak any other language, what would it be? English. No, no any okay. other language? I know. Um, oh, there's, there's. Oh, shit, Dave. That's a great one. There, I'd say three of them. Really? Obviously, Spanish would be great. Spanish has to be one, living in California. Spanish would be great. Uh, French would be great. And then I would say Italian, too. Yeah. I'd say if, I, if you could have those three, it'd be really, really great. But I'm going to encourage my kids to definitely take... Uh, my buddy's learning French right now. That's really cool. Really? And And I deal with a lot of guys all day that that french is their main language yeah i got a friend of mine who's a neighbor i had no idea if he spoke french for the first God, 11 years of his life so cool like this guy i thought was just a big redneck from houston when i met yeah, him yeah but he's fluent dude he's, his, so his parents spoke french yeah it's crazy he lived in canada dude before he moved to texas oh there you go but he has that southern draw and shit and yeah. you're like i'm listening to him on the phone but he I lived look, in quebec or, or uh, lived right uh, there um you know, I don't even know what where he lived. I just, yeah, it had to be. Yeah, it had to be. And I remember um, I'm sitting there listening to him talk on the phone all of a sudden, and I'd like, what the fuck just happened? It was yeah. so weird. Yeah. I saw um, I saw Jace Tingler was working the other day as a uh, translator. Yeah. For somebody, right? Yeah. Dude, you go, that, Glenn Geffner. Yeah. Has done that in the past. Mike Matheny does it, actually. Mike is Matheny, that right? Yeah, he said he wanted to be a major league manager, and they said one of the big things is communication and Spanish would be a key. Oh, I, I'm so jealous. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking at the start where I'm like, English. No, I'm, a, I'm so jealous of anybody who can speak a foreign language. But, yeah, I, would, I think 
if you could learn Italian, if you could learn French, but really for my kids, I'm going to push them to try to be fluent in Spanish would be great. There you go. All right. Is there a current pro athlete that you go, I could beat the shit out of that guy? <laughs> oh, shit. I like that. Kurt. <laughs> Don't go jockey. Don't pull a fucking no, jockey out. No, of course not. Um, but you want to think like someone like a kicker or someone, right? You're like, uh, who's got to Oh, it's so funny. Up? Right? I'd have to think about it. I know. It takes a while. Who'd you come up with? I didn't. I was just, as I just asked the question right now, I just thought about it right now. I'm trying to think of who. And it's funny, NBA guys can't fight for shit, but at the same no. time, I wouldn't want to find the one that can. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, that little Caruso from the Lakers. <laughs> probably right he would, He'd kill all, all of us at the same time. Caruso? Yeah, dude, the guy can tomahawk dunk How and tall shit. is he? Dude, he's like 6'4", but oh, did you see that dunk stupid. yesterday? I mean, no, it was really? ridiculous. You're like, ah, this guy's an athlete. Shit. All right, he's up. You'd call him like a bald bitch, and he'd beat the fuck out of both Damn of us. Damn it. Well, holding a stake to our eye, like Barney Ruppel. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. You got yeah. a lot of bitches on that Dodger uh, team. I don't think Max Muncy can fight. Oh, Max Muncy's the one guy that can fight. He's like that Texas All-State football player. He's like that Kyle Farnsworth. Is that right? M- oh. Max Muncy is the one guy on that team you don't want to fight. Everyone else, go ahead. Really? Yeah, Muncy is the one guy. I was listening to Padre fans rip Max Muncy. I'm like, dude, you're picking the wrong dude, guy. Dude, that's, that's the thing, man. Yeah, he you, was like an all-state linebacker and shit. Well, yeah, but I don't know. Can those guys, are they handy with the Dukes? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> not, Who's that guy that always pinch hits in the night that freaks you out, makes you so mad? <laughs> the, the fucking... Uh, Susie, what's his name? That guy's oh, name. oh, oh, my, fuck. Uh, Sean Noisy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, that's a good choice. Yeah. That's a guy I fucking hate. Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Yeah, cup? even Kiki Hernandez would beat the fuck out of us. He's an athlete. He's scrappy fuck. and fast. You got no chance. Stop punching me, Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily you get past that phase, right? We'd done this game 20 yeah. years ago. I would be naming all this. We used to do this Tom bit on Benazzi. air. Remember we'd call guys, we'd say, who do you want to punch in the face? Yeah. And people would always be dipshits. They'd go fucking rocker. I go, Rocker 6'4", right. 235. Tyson. He'd kill you. Yeah. Bazooka oh. DeLuca. He'd be like, no. He'll beat the shit out of you. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. All right. Here we go. Last one of the night. Okay. If you had to live in an apartment building, who's the least pers- the least likely person you'd want to live next to? Here are your choices. Okay. Stephen A. Smith, mm-hmm. Gilbert Gottfried, or Chris Russo? All of them talk loud, and all of them have annoying voices. That's the simplest of all time, Gilbert Gottfried. I find, I find Stephen A. Smith and Russo to be fall over funny. But they just straight out yell all the time. Like you could fall asleep because they're yelling all the they're time. They're so goddamn funny, though. I love both of those guys. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Stephen A. and and Mad Dog are so goddamn funny to me. I love those dudes. Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, wears me out, and I know he's. He's not my with- guy. No, I'm not a. I'm not a Godfrey fan at all. Yeah, I'm with I- you on that. But the the it's so. I'm watching a Stephen A. Smith today, and I've watched him every day. Yeah, the Garden. And uh, yeah, but just when he's talking to like Max Max Kellerman, he gets and so it's mad at Max. So, so basic. Yeah, and he's just he's just yelling nonstop. Like it never brings it down. And I'm like, holy fuck! At what point does Max Kellerman just go, dude? It's a Thursday. But- it's fucking January. Why are you screaming at me? Like but- he never does. 
But the thing is, why you and I would love both of those guys, Russo and Stephen A., is you and I love pushing buttons. We love it. And we especially love pushing buttons on guys that lose their shit. (laughs) We find it hysterical. So for those two guys, all day long, that's all I would do. Hey, you got to admit, you got to admit, Phil Jackson's winning with this Knicks team a lot easier than Tom Thibodeau. What? And then we just be dying, right? <laughs> just find whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, we're just going to sit there and all day we're going to hear how he got fucked out of That's the Aflac job. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. I should have been the duck. We got all right. God damn, dude. Jesus Christ. You want to go to the Friars Club? We're roasting Jackie Mason. No. I can get you a seat up front. You can sit with Rita Rudner. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I would just have Mad Dog tell me uh, Francesca stories. Oh, yeah. I'd have a shitload of them. Yeah. Damn it. That's funny. All right. So we're back on Monday, everybody. Simple enough? Simple enough. See you then. Sneaky backstreet door, I laugh so hard I can't 